Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am your co-host, Tracy Lux. And tonight, we are talking about Monster Baiting Part 1 and 2 in Hack Slash Issues 12 and 13 of the ongoing by Image Comics, which is a incredible love letter to Japanese monster movies galore. Yeah. Definitely a huge homage, especially to Godzilla, King Kong, all those kinds of films. I definitely think it has more allusions to King Kong because of the island it takes place on, and definitely mm-hmm. Kong of Skull Island, where Kong, I, that yeah. version of Kong, who just appeared in Godzilla vs. Kong, fights like giant weird monsters. I can definitely agree with that, so... We're going to jump right into it, because we got a lot to cover for this episode, covering these two parts, and Cassie's best cosplayer, Charcy, <laughs> <laughs> I say myself, has a plot synopsis there. <laughs> I do. I almost so, called you Cassie. <laughs> I mean, I'll accept it. I, she was my first You cosplayer. don't want your, your life, though. <laughs> No, I definitely don't. Your life is perfect <laughs> the way it is. You might you might <laughs> fret about your job sometimes, but you got a good husband and you seem to have a good life going on in I wherever do. the hell you live. I I can't remember half this the, the half the states my co-hosts live in. There's so many of them. Well, there's 50 of them, so. But so we have the issue 12 for monster baiting. I have that script is by Tim Seeley. Art is by Daniel Leister and Emilio Last Lacio, uh, colors by Carlos Badilla and Mark Englert, letters by Crank, edits by James Lauder, published by Image, and published on January 18, 2012. Gotcha. And for months, Kat has been investigating old monster movies and mysterious islands because she believes they hold the cure for Sam. She believed that the movies were just a front to help fund their true goal, which was to create the cure for slashers. She pinpoints the location on a place called Doyle Valley. Once Kat's parents, who are the ones who financed their trip, Cassie, Kat, yep, of course, Cassie, Kat, and Sam land on the island. Sorry, different O, but I'll get to it in a minute. (laughs) Sam land on the island and make their way across it to find Doyle Valley. During their journey, they are attacked by zombie-like creatures. Anytime they are bludgeoned, however, a strange green goo comes out of them. Cassie, of course, gets covered in it and ends up paralyzed. They manage to fight their way away from the zombies, only to find themselves about to be eaten by a giant spider. As they are all three being pulled into the spider's mouth with its super sticky web, a giant gorilla conda comes out of the jungle and attacks the spider. The three manage to break free from the spider's grasp, but they fall down into the river below them. The water actually manages to wash the goo off of Cassie, and she can finally move again after being paralyzed. Sam and Cat, however, cannot move because they are tangled in the spider's web. Cassie tries to swim all three of them to the shore, but she is struggling, losing her grip on the rocks, but she is suddenly grabbed by an unknown hand. The man who helped them and pulled them all to shore is a masked beast man, and he welcomes the group to Doyle Valley. The issue ends with him taking them to his lab 
and it turns out that he is the well-known actor Buck Kemp from the old monster films, but somehow he has not aged one bit. So the other cover, there's two covers for this issue, as always. One has Sam trussed up in the spider's web of the giant spider we see with Cassie, uh, Cat, and for some weird reason, Pooch, um, who I <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with this issue. He doesn't appear in this issue, right? He appears in like one... He does. Oh, okay, um, he's on the he's floor. He's with Vlad. He's on the floor with Vlad. Yeah, okay. he's only with Vlad. So. It makes no sense for him to be on the cover. <laughs> um, or any cover ever. Anyway, <laughs> the other cover... <laughs> but I love Pooch. Yeah, anyway, yeah, you go start your own show. You can start the Pooch show. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it does? Why? The Pooch show? <laughs> Would be about puppies. Why? Yeah, we, we could go with that. <laughs> okay, I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even, like, playing dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, moving oh, on to the topic like, I was trying to get to. <laughs> but, yeah. C- okay, I, I really don't know what you're alluding to, so. <laughs> <laughs> the other cover is an image that I used constantly trying to find a fucking co-host for this podcast. Uh, it's Cassie getting out of the uh, classic car. Maybe it's supposed to be Christine, possibly. It l- kind of looks like Christine that she's stepping out of. Um, and she's in her typical bra and, like, you know, like, miniskirt. Um, uh, not, the, like the, not the French bikini-style bra that we've seen her in. More like a cup, full cup bra uh, with uh, her leggings. And then Vlad is, like, sitting on the roof. Not sitting, but he's, like, leaning on the roof. Um, and by the way, he's got gray skin, and his mask and gloves are green, which is very odd. They seem to be parked outside a cemetery. I absolutely love this image. Um, and that image is drawn by uh, Mark Dos Santos. Somehow, I don't have that at the back of my omnibus. But yeah, that one sounds awesome. That's really strange. Um, yeah. And yes, at some point, probably... When we have a break to do so, we will do the omnibus short nine-page story from the Kickstarter, but there's another one coming out as well, and I figure we'll wait and do both of those back-to-back. That sounds like a good idea. Right. After we do this story, we might be doing trailers, so uh, stay tuned, people. So there's going to be two episodes back-to-back of this story, and then we might do trailers book two, which is 13 different stories by the way <laughs> yeah and I there are shorts but yeah there's th- quite a few of them. there is quite a few of them um, so over the Caribbean Sea uh, they're in this plane and it kind of reminds me of them uh, the way like Indiana Jones would mm-hmm. do, like a plane like Indiana Jones would fly you know this plane does not look like it's from when did this issue come out? 2012? Yeah, 2012. 2012, yeah. yeah. Nope. Also, cats dressed like, <laughs> you know, Indiana Jones in some way, or, um, you know, uh, Alan Quarterman. Yeah. And that is a weird reference now that you bring that up. I'm like, yeah, now I am kind of seeing the second Indiana Jones, because they are. They're in, the, like, a uh, cargo plane. Yeah, not a plane you saw in 2012. Mm-mm, No. So, the King Kong... See, in in 1952, King Kong was re-released. It was a huge hit. Was King Kong re-released in 1952, Charcy? Uh, That I don't know. Do you know it just came out on DVD and Blu-ray? Sorry, Blu-ray for the first time ever? The 1970s King Kong movie. 
with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have not. Um, I have a friend that is in love with uh, all the Godzilla movies, all the King Kong movies, yet we keep trying to plan a day where we can have a marathon with all of the films, but obviously it keeps getting set back. And hopefully now with COVID um, and the vaccines and that, maybe we can finally bring that up and I can finally see all these films again. So, If you type in King Kong 1952... Not only does the King Kong from 1933 come up, which does say it was released in 1952, so good job, Tim Seeley, for getting your facts straight. They also come up for some reason. Type in King Kong 1952 in Google. You come up with Hong Kong that came out in 1952, an adventure drama film starring President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, that... Wow, okay. Yeah, this is what yeah. he is a uh, star of this movie. A mercenary fights crooks for a school teacher and an orphan boy and a gold idol in post-World War II China. I kind of want to watch this movie because I was a Reagan fan. I, I looked that up just now, and yeah, Ronald Reagan with Rhonda Fleming, and it's like, wow, okay. Yeah, That's Rhonda Fleming too, yeah. Nigel Bruce is in it. I don't know who Danny Chung was, but uh, I'm familiar with the other two from like old films like that. That that's really funny. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on, because this is not the reminiscent <laughs> of uh, the Reagan filmography. Something Rhinosauruses, Doctor Insominus, The Beast from Ground Zero, Fantasy World. They definitely all sound like 1950s monster sci-fi B movies. Very B horror movies. Yes, uh, I love how. Cassie describes them as cat goes into her detail and I like every five seconds you just see Cassie like awful awful movies we get into a little bit more of the black lamp society and their backstory a little bit of course and we come to find out that it might have been experiments from the Nazis is kind of what they pinpoint in the comic it's so nice to see Sam Hain being all nice and sweet and kind and just, you know, trying to be part of the gang. It's nice to see that. <laughs> it's very good. I'm glad we're going to see that forever. <laughs> For the rest of time. For the rest of time. <laughs> now, the zombie popping up out of the water to grab Cassie. What film does that remind you of, Charcy? That makes me think of uh, a recent one, actually, because... Uh, it makes me think of Lord of the Rings, but I know you're thinking of an older one. Uh, which one are you thinking of? I'm thinking of, like, any movie where zombies and islands kind of go together. Like Zombie, the Lucio Fulci film. Oh, I actually haven't seen that. <laughs> you need to make me a list. Oh, my God. These films. This is a film you should watch on your YouTube channel, seriously. I, I, can, I can bring that one up and <laughs> we can try and watch that one. But my head actually goes to a well-known, beloved cartoon from 1998, a cartoon animated movie uh, by Warner Brothers starring a dog and his friends called Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh, yeah, they did do that. Yes, they? they did, which they retconned being, I, I swear to God, I will never watch a return to Zombie Island because I've heard it ruins, it does ruin Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Because Aww. for some reason, uh, yeah. some dumb fucking idiot at Warner Brothers got it in their head. They need to go back to every single Scooby-Doo movie where Scooby-Doo ever dealt with the supernatural for real and retcon it that it was a guy in a costume. Mm. And they've done this now twice that I'm aware of. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island 
and the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Wow. They it's like, ha- yeah, just, just leave it be. They haven't done that yet with the Curse of the Witch's Ghost, which is a really good movie, starring the, you know, the Hex Girls, the beloved, like, goth girl vampire band that was in Scooby-Doo lore, and yes, Tim yes. Curry, as well as the cartoon series uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc., which had, like, a giant Lovecraftian Necronomicon Cthulhu-style alien otherworldly explanation behind mm-hmm. the madness that happens in Scooby-Doo's life. Also gives the explanation about why Scooby-Doo can talk. The oh. longest-running mystery of Scooby-Doo ever has finally been solved. Hmm. I was gonna say, apparently I need to catch up on my Scooby-Doo. It's a good cartoon. It was a fantastic cartoon. Every episode is like, oh, it's Mr. Withers, the owner of the amusement park. But there's also a long-running plot line through every episode. I've just seen, like, you know, all the old original ones. But yeah, I'll have to get caught up again. Watch that. So what Pooch does <laughs> reminds me of my cat. Yeah, that, that they know when you don't feel good. Right. Uh, the zombies, just the way they come to life, is absolutely, you know, it, it's 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 extremely well done artwork by Daniel, I have to say. Uh, the yes. blood, the green gooey splatter everywhere, and it gets all over Cassie. I love the fact that it's like, it's running down her face, her neck, all over her breasts and everything. The attention mm-hmm. to detail is superb by Daniel. And it looks so disgusting. Like, I look at it, I'm like, God, that looks, like, pus and gross. So <laughs> Right. And Cassie's face, when she starts foaming at the mouth, when all the goo is all over her, is just fantastic, too. It's hilarious that they, they, they get onto the bridge, and it just happens to be the spider's, like, you know, saliva. It's his web, yeah. Well, no, it's not his web, it's his, like, saliva, because it's coming out of his mouth. Oh, see, because they kept saying that it was, like, super glue sticky, so I just assumed it was uh, its web. But, well, yeah, it is coming out of its mouth. Okay, so in one scene it's coming out of his mouth, but you're also right. It looks like his webbing is coming out of his mouth, whereas the spider's webbing mm-hmm. usually comes out of their anus or something, right? Well, yeah, it is supposed to come out of their butt. But, I mean, I guess we can use the idea that because these are supposed to be experiments that maybe they're abnormal. So, But, yeah, uh, maybe it shoots webs out of its mouth. Daniel's attention to detail with these monsters is fucking amazing. Just look at inside mm-hmm. Gorilla Conga's mouth. The teeth, the saliva, the forked tongue. Well, and even just the little bumps on the tongue, too. It's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. The taste buds of the tongue, I think that's what they're called. Yeah, could be its taste buds. You're right. Falling in the water, of I course. Would... Whoops, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, even the spider's forehead, like, even just seeing how fuzzy it looks, too, that's... I love all the detail in this. Uh, falling into the water seems to wash them off, and then they encounter um, the Guardian of Doyle Valley and the Psychosauruses with the giant brain heads. Cassie mm-hmm. and Sam are given their IV drippings, and, of course, as you said, it's revealed to be this guy, Buck Kemp. It was supposed to be that big actor from all those movies that Cat was watching and investigating. Um, his costume is a bit on the ridiculous side. Oh yeah, I I just kept calling it his Beast Man costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. In the back of the issue, we have Monstro City. Something I actually kind of want to read. It's a call. It's called. It says it's by Mike Costa and Ryan Brown. It's a two-page front and back. Uh, mini comic strip 
Meet Dave Anderson, former high school football star, former security guard, college dropout, currently the sole human delegate to Transylvania, the top-secret anonymous city-state populated only by monsters. I really want to read this. I didn't read it because yeah. of the uh, because I was reading this issue, but I definitely want to pull all the issues that this is a one-page thing in and read about it. It's kind of cool. Dave's well, job should since be hopefully easy to find. Dave's job. Since Dave can't be hurt or killed, he was placed on the Transylvania Police Department as sort of a one-man SWAT team. Dave does not like his job. Dave's best friend, Barnabas Barnaby Gregorian Benedict Frederick Hasberg. Dave's partner in the force is a 400-year-old vampire. This sounds like so much fun. I can't wait to read this. Uh, Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I love love it. There's an ad in here for the 2012... Uh, Washington State Convention Center Comic Con, which I think we've gone over before. And then in the back, so remember how they were listing all the titles that Image was publishing for the month? Yeah. They're doing yeah. that again, but actually with thumbnails of the issues, too, to find. Ooh, I like that. So, famous Amazon TV series that's on right now, Invincible, or is up to issue 87. Savage Dragon is up to issue 178. Okay, seriously, Invincible has... Yes, there was a Savage Dragon cartoon series on USA Network in the 90s. I'm aware of it. But are you telling me that Invincible has a more successful television series or cartoon series than Savage Dragon? One of the founding fucking characters of Image Comics? Well... <laughs> Spawn is up to issue 215, and at the time we're recording this, we are a week away from Spawn Universe number 1, a new, original, ongoing series from Todd McFarlane. Nice. Something he told me about oh, when he yeah, came on. Yeah. Something he told me about when he came on Radio of Horror. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking nice getting the inside info. You know, The Walking Dead is up to issue 93, so we're on the verge of the Negan storyline. And Witchblade issue 151 is out, which is uh, now the beginning of a new story arc in Witchblade, uh, where time is reset and and like she doesn't have her daughter anymore. Oh wow, yeah. January 2012, the third degree spotlights Ed Brubaker. I bet you this is a lot more flattering than what Ed Brubaker said on Kevin Smith's podcast recently about the Winter Soldier TV <laughs> show. Boy, oh boy, was that guy pissed. Uh. <laughs> he thinks that uh, him and uh, the creator of the Winter Soldier deserve a little bit bigger piece of the pie, considering that all of they did for Marvel. Oh, one of those. Okay. Yeah. Him and his partner have gone pretty much strictly to independent comic books that they produce through Image keeps happening a lot now that I... Yeah, at the yeah, time that this article was written, uh, he had just done Fatal, which is really good if you've never read it. No, I haven't, Oh, you've got to read it. Gun, sex, secret, cultist, and monsters. A reporter in 2012 stumbles onto a secret that leads him down the darkest path imaginable to a seductive woman who's been on the run since 1935, a mobster who may be a mortal demon monster, and the stories of all the doomed men who have been caught up in their decades-long struggle. He also did a story, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, Criminal is a big one that he did, but he also did one about a um, a guy who finds his father's old drawings to this, like, demon, and the demon talks to him and convinces him to kill people after he nearly dies and is saved, and he has to kill someone, like, once a month in order to appease the demon. But is there really oh. a demon, or is he just nuts? Oh, I like that idea. Well, it's kind of like a weird... Uh Death note. <laughs> yeah, and it's by Ed Brubaker. I've never let reality get in the way of what I do. Shaky Kane. I don't know who that is, but it's just another ad for Image Comics, and on the back is the Image Expo. So we're going to take a quick break for another podcast and our sponsor, and we'll be back with issue 13 of this episode of Goth Girl Horror. <laughs> 
Oregon Ramen is in a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well. www.dorganramen.com Next, we have issue 13. Now at Monster Bait Film Studios, the group is being taken care of by Buck Kemp and Reynolds. When Cat is talking to Reynolds, he suddenly becomes weak and bent over. When she goes to help him, she finds a strange, slimy mass at the back of his neck. Elsewhere, Buck explains to Cassie and Sam about the operations they run at the, the, uh, at the valley. When the Black Lamp Society had found out that they were creating the cure, they came and killed several of the film crew and Buck's friends, only leaving Reynolds and Buck left alive. Now they stay on the island making sure that the monsters and experiments do not leave. Sam decides to go through with the operation so that he can get rid of the black blood that possesses his blood. After the process is complete, Sam gives his mask and knife to Cat, saying that he will no longer need it. They were hers to do with what she wished or if she wanted to get rid of them. Cassie wanting to be alone with Sam finally, she pushes Cat out of the room and closes the door. Now that Sam is finally cured, she wants to have him to herself, and she wants to do what feels right. Meanwhile, Cat is investigating the slime from Reynolds' neck. She believes that it's the same toxin found from the zombies. While Sam and Cassie are finally having sex, Cat is trying to find the creature Bounce who is wow, wow. Finally, after how long? <laughs> well, Turns considering out, she's only, what, 23, I mean... Yeah, I 21, mean, I 22, <laughs> roughly. And he's, like, centuries years old. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess it's like having sex with a vampire. Yeah, essentially. And so, turns out, it's the baby psychosaur. Yeah, psychosaur. But while she was trying to catch it, it leads her to its parents. Cat manages to escape, but not before she finds that Buck is injecting Reynolds with that strange toxin she was just looking at. Buck suits up in his Beastman armor to chase after her, but Cat is grabbed by Gorilla Conda before Buck can catch her. At the end of this issue, two things are happening. The psychosaurs are gathering outside Cassie and Sam's room, and back in Michigan, Vlad is meeting with a Dr. Vincent Morrow, who wants to help him with his condition. Every time you say psychosaurs, I think it's some type of really fucked up sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> well, <laughs> Is that just me? <laughs> stumbling on the word psychosaurs. Uh, yeah. It just sounds Sores. gross, nasty. Sores. <laughs> so cover A has Cassie running from the mouth of Gorilla Conga with the forked tongue, by the way. Yeah, that's right, Gorilla Conda. Also, this issue, Cassie gets laid. I'm not even joking. It's right on the front of the cover. All you woke motherfuckers can go fuck yourself if you find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone does. Uh, <laughs> but cover B is by Ben Templesmith. I have to look... <coughs> Jesus Christ. I have to look Ooh. that cover up. Ben Templesmith hack slash. 
Ben Templesmith is the co-creator of what? Uh, oh my gosh, I should know this. Like, I days recognize of, the name, but I can't think of it. What 30 Days it? of Night. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. I'm like, I know the name. It's going to bother me. So it's a, oh my God, I have to find this cover. It's very green. It's got Vlad in the background and Cassie with her bat over her shoulder. And that's it. But he would also do a couple covers for the Hack Slash Army of Darkness crossover. Oh, it's not Vlad. It's uh, it's Sam. Oh, it is Sam. Yep. Uh, great cover. Got to find it. Add it to my collection. Amazing cover. I like that one. Especially yeah. Especially how tough Cassie looks in that. I like that. Yeah. So the artwork is now by Emilio Lacio. So Daniel took a, took a day off. Cat looks kind of weird in the first panel we see her. She's very cutesy. Almost yeah. frog-like. Yeah. Not like the way she normally looks, but that's totally okay. It's just funny that Daniel didn't get to draw the issue there, Cassie and Sam bang, finally. I I think I remember back when he was a guest on the episode uh, not too long ago, he had mentioned that it was a time conflict because they were making issue after issue after issue so quickly that there were a couple of issues that he wasn't able to do. So mm. I bet this was one of them. Um, Sam, of course, gives Cat his knife and mask, which is... Fitting, I guess, considering that she, you know, he wore those when he came after her. And she, he, I, he even says that where he's like, "These used to be uh, your what terrified you. This was what almost killed you. So that's why he decided to give it to her." Now, who did the artwork uh, back when we covered issue twenty-five of the first ongoing? Because that's where this now comes into play with Cat, her origin story, and. Don't forget what was happening in the van with Cassie. She was masturbating or thinking about having a pleasure during... She was having a wet dream to Sam. Yes, uh, that was the issue just before I started doing the podcast with you. Yeah, um, but you did that issue with artist? us, with me and the uh, the artist, right? No, that I, I did the next one. That's right. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that's where this hacker's back to actually, um, because she's in the yeah. van and she's like visioning like she's like in bra and panties, and and Sam comes in with the knife and like snaps the bra string with the knife, and they proceed to have sex. And I I do remember the art style because uh, uh I can think of the artist's name too. <laughs> I just can't get it. Cassie's into kinky stuff, biting Sam on the lip, drawing blood. And then uses her bra to tie his arm up. And I was going to say, it doesn't hold him down for too much longer anyways, because he, uh, he's able to break that bra anyway. <laughs> right. And while this is all happening, Cat, uh, Cat is getting chased by the uh, brainy velociraptors. It's very funny. It's page of sex, page of the chase. Page of mm-hmm. sex, page of the chase. Now, the climax of Clever Girl, which is a nod to Jurassic Park, said by yes. um, Muldoon just before he gets killed by the Velociraptor, the climax of that, you know what I mean, the Clever Girl thing, happens at the same time there seems to be a climax happening in bed. Just up the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe this is uh missionary guy on top, right? That That's what's referred to us. 
Oh, yeah. She's okay. definitely the one that's uh, in charge. But she initiated it, which is very funny, because she just, she needs mm-hmm. it. She, it's it's very, I don't know. I don't know if it's unbecoming for, for Cassie to just be this, like, into sex, but even she talks about it with Sam before it happens. And I love uh, Cat's face when Cassie just pushes her out the room where Cat's like, Oh. <laughs> I need to but get yeah, some. She's very forward. <laughs> yeah, I need to get some. Get out. Yeah, get out. By the get way, out. did you notice this Cassie's uh, lipstick matches her fingernails? Mm hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. They color. do a lot of the times, actually. They do? Okay. I, I don't ever notice it, but I, I'm uh, letting out my inner, inner, inner um, uh, wardrobe accessory. Is that what it's called? I don't want to say inner woman, because I don't know if that's appropriate, but. Uh, it's easy to see when she's clawing his back and you see beautiful purple nails and then at the climax scene with her purple lips. It's it's easy to see it. She's so. not just <laughs> clawing his back. She is ripping the skin open. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you look at the detail. That's not just a scratch. That is like, yeah. Yeah. She's marking her territory. <laughs> Gorilla Conda comes out of nowhere after she learns that the guy, um, the uh, the famous actor, is a giant douchebag. He is a douche, and you know, he's using Reynolds, and actually is injecting him with that toxin she was testing. Do you think Cassie and Sam use protection? No. Which would be very funny. Maybe he's sterile because of all the years of... You know, the black lamp stuff, possibly? I mean, this could have set up an interesting plot... Now, we already have Chris and Lisa who are pregnant, but would have set up an interesting plot line of Cassie getting pregnant. Now, I predict that one day Tim will do the future Cassie hack story. Like, old Which old woman... Uh, like, old lady Harley, or whatever that comic book is called. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. And I totally see Cassie having a kid one day. And the kid being just like her. <laughs> <laughs> or complete opposite. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome, too. I just don't ever want to uh, see Vlad and Cassie get together. No. No. I unfortunately can't see that. They're they're too close of friends. It would be... It'd be awkward at that point. Correct. So who is this doctor that Pooch has brought for Vlad? It's not even Pooch who had brought him. He is, uh, because of the last issue i think it was it fame monster the the last issue that we had when vlad and cassie went to see that doctor it's right uh, okay it's his friend who suggested to him so he came out to find him okay so that's that's where i think the connection is gotcha okay gotcha um, now let's have a look at that your at you you fabulous monstrosity to be continued dun, dun, dun. Um, oh, I love that he has two different colored eyes, too. Yeah, very unusual. Um, the next page is the Monstro City, uh, part two, which I absolutely love, because the vampire and the detective go and meet, like, a Scooby-Doo-style witch, a dragon. <laughs> and the Scooby-Doo-style witch and the dragon fight each other. <laughs> and the dragon <laughs> says, fuck you, before uh, he burns the witch alive when she says abracadabra. <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. <laughs> That's awesome. We got the same ad for the Comic-Con coming up, and then we got uh, what issues were coming out. Invincible number 88, hack slash 13, of course. Uh, Queen Crab has a woman with a crab hand doing the V symbol with her tongue between her fingers, or crab fingers. I don't know mm. what that symbol means, Charcy. Uh, oh, I do. Oh, okay. So as long as you do, I don't need to explain it to the audience. Um, no. I can't believe they're still publishing. Oh, okay. So this is a hardcover for Avengerlin. Have you ever heard of this comic book by Rob Liefeld? 
Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, she's got like what looks like almost no bottom half garment on and like a uh, super duper bra of some kind. It looks fucking stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I grew up at one point and had sex with real women that comic book women, when they're getting ridiculous with the costumes, I'm just like, what the fuck? But I say that, but I still read Vampirella. What is wrong with me, Charcy? Oh, but Vampirella's fabulous. And you know what? We'll, we'll keep the ridiculous when it comes to her. Right. Maybe because she's a vampire. Maybe yeah. that's why. Did you notice how conservative Vlada was? I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> I could have gone to some seriously bad places with it, but I didn't. Except for that one cover, right. but that cover is pretty artistic. You've seen the cover I'm talking yeah. about. The nude one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone actually complimented me saying, hey, you drew the downstairs. I'm like, yeah. I told her to. Yeah. I was like, why Why not? I still love her armor. Her armor for the artwork and everything is my favorite. So. Right? And there's a cosplayer that found a corset that's just like it and wants to do her um, as that cosplay. And i I got to reach out to her because we haven't talked in a few weeks. So I want to see if she still wants to do it. The third degree this month is Ross Campbell. Currently lives in Rochester, New York. I don't really know much about what he has done. Uh, Shadow Eyes, uh, The Abandoned, some Tokyo Pop stuff. I'm not too familiar with who this guy is. Question of the month. What do you look forward to the most for comics in 2012? And there's a bunch of answers here, but I'll read one. None of them were by Tim. They're in tiny print. All of the things that are coming from Image that no one has heard of yet. And that was written by Robert Kirkman, creator of The hmm. Walking Dead and Invincible. Neither book are currently now being published because they're, he yep. ended them. Uh, Bloodstrike is coming this March from Tim Seeley. Can you feel it? The blood Ooh. is back. And then Nick Spencer says, It's not just getting pages in. It's seeing those daydreams of you brought to life through the eyes of a talented artist. There's no feeling like them. Nick Spencer is best known for being the current writer of The Amazing Spider-Man. Ah. Uh, I was like, I know the name. <laughs> yep. He was the writer, current writer of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, in the back cover, we have Alpha Girl, which Ooh. kicking zombie ass since 1984. I think we saw a preview of this in one of the previous issues. It sounds familiar, so yeah, I bet we did. Well, that's it for this episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed our synopsis of issues 12 and 13. Once again, thank you, Charcy, for plotting out the plot synopsis at the very beginning. I appreciate your hard work and dedication to it. Why don't you also plug your YouTube channel as well as, as, well as <laughs> your Twitter, where people can find you. I was going to say, you can find me on my Twitter for my name, Charcy Lux, or on my Instagram for Charcy87, and I also have a movie review YouTube channel that's called Little Channel of Horrors that me and my friend DC just talk about, well, horror movies and our love of them. Yes, and what's funny is uh, Radio of Horror and uh, your YouTube channel as well both posted around the same time in a review for uh, Army of the Dead. Nice. I was going to say, it was a cute little idea that DC came up with. He goes, you know, what if we actually did something recent and tried that out and see how we feel about doing that? So it it was definitely something different and interesting, and I, I did enjoy it, though. We also posted a review of Army of the Dead over on Radio of Horror and broadcast here on the... 
No, actually, we're broadcasting that tonight. Um, here on <laughs> Radio of Horror, the time we're recording this, which is May 30th. So, by the way, happy Memorial Day at the time we're recording this to any and all veterans, yes. men and women who served this country and made this country what it is and allowed us to do things like a podcast, which is free speech covered by the Constitution mm-hmm. of the United States of America. Love or hate what has happened in this country, we have more freedoms than you could possibly imagine, like a podcast to be expressive about things we like and dislike because of the men and women who sacrificed their lives and time for this country. So happy Memorial Day to anyone and everyone who deserves it. Um, And thank you. Thank you so much for your service. And uh, Army of the Dead is uh, on both of our channels. And I was going to say mine is done by uh, Katie, the blonde in front of fear, a Chicago-based film critic. And a uh, fantastic uh, uh, film reviewer. She's very, very smart. Also a heavy convention girl. She goes to a lot of horror. Yes, that's fantastic. I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for my co-hosts and film reviewers. All of which, uh, except for Scott, are all women. Yay! Yes. I, I try to seek that out. Kind of have that diversity. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's, that's why I have mostly female partners and companions and such thank you everyone uh i'm at christy sav and we're at goth girl horror and check back with us in a couple weeks for the second half of this story arc on goth girl horror and send us an email if you wish to that radio horror at gmail.com oh also thank you to the uh patron who bought us a cup of coffee or slice of pizza buy us a slice of pizza or buy us a cup of coffee um over buy me a coffee.com it's set up to buy a slice of pizza but call it whatever you is all that money does help the podcast, uh, the uh, site maintenance, and cloud service are not free. So if you wish to help out the podcast, please do so. And send us an email at radiofheart at gmail.com. Good night, everyone. Good night. Kathy, Kathy, who are you going to talk tonight? Let the villains know that she's looking for a fight.